Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Shelter Island podcast. It's worth noting that this one is a special episode, and in order to honour such a milestone, we'd like to dedicate this one to someone who is truly special to us. We'll go into more about that later on, but for the time being, once again, I'm joined by my friend from across the pond, Jack Kymowitz. Jack, how are we doing this week? Oh, we're doing great this week. I'm happy that we've made it to 10 episodes and we're still standing. It's, it's, I can't believe we're doing it for this long. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we are joined by a very lovely guest this week. Joining us on the Shelter Island podcast, we have Erin. Erin, how are we doing today? Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's good to and see you. It's uh, especially special because uh, this is actually sort of the first time that we're talking face to face. Yeah, I feel like it's the first non-camper too, am I right? Or non-counselor? Uh, we were we were actually both counselors at camp, <laughs> but um, yeah, you it's fun to kind of have um, people from outside of camp come and talk to us and sort of see their perspective about the madness that goes on at camp and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's it's finally nice to get you on and to kind of talk to you. Um, I know that through the years we've kind of spoken a little bit over the web and things like that. Um, so I'm happy to uh, make our acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, me too. Grateful to be here. <laughs> yeah. So um, if we could just dive right in, um, I sort of wanted to know, um, I guess, especially how you sort of uh, became uh, in the inner circles of camp, um, sort of how you got acquainted with everyone and things like that. Right. So um, you guys know Natalie? Natalie? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Natalie Pucci, um, yeah. Yeah. So I went to uni with Natalie and... Um, my senior year, she, I guess it was your guys, well, it was Jordan's first year. I don't know about, um, yeah. definitely not your first year, Jack. Um, 2016, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. He came and visited us our senior year of college. Um, it was actually my birthday weekend and we were having sort of a big party and Natalie had guests coming. So it was um, Jordan, Mitchell, Jake, Oh, there's one other lad and I can't remember his name, um, <laughs> but they all came down and visited um, and we all kind of connected, started talking and then, yeah, slowly started to meet lots of other people. <laughs> <laughs> so then what was sort of your first impression of people that came from camp or like foreigners that were coming to American uni? I mean, I, I've had camp people come as guests and things to visit Syracuse and everyone just gets a kick out of it. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, no, it was insane. I mean, it was really interesting because I feel like they were definitely there for a good time. Um, definitely there for the sesh. And it was funny because we, so like I said, they came on my birthday weekend. And so, um, my friends like to drink liquor, whereas I feel like all the boys <laughs> like to drink beer. So what, ca- very, what kind of liquor are we talking about? Like what kind of um, Mostly vodka at the time, I would say. Yeah. Um, anybody really, whatever your poison was, you know. Yeah. Um, but I had one friend in specific that uh, really liked to peer pressure people. She loved group shots. She always wanted everyone taking shots. Um, and she actually is the reason that Jordan ended up in a toilet that night because he <laughs> <with> alcohol. <laughs> now, to be fair, he rallied and he ended up coming out with us. But um, yeah, it was actually really funny. Mitchell ended up dragging him out that night. Um, Cause he just had way too much to drink. Cause my friend, <laughs> it was good though. I always found that with the States though, like I got so drunk so quickly there. I don't know if it's the, what your booze or it's completely different to that in the UK, but it's, 
yeah it I is no it actually is even the beer see I, that's so interesting that you say that because i feel like when i go to the uk the beer is obviously heavier i know you guys have talked about how the beer is sort of watered down <laughs> in the states um so that's you know you know yeah. <laughs> yeah no my first time in the uk getting drunk was um was not nice because i was not prepared for how heavy oh, yeah. the beer is oh yeah yeah <laughs> so then i guess um what was sort of your first impression of Jordan? I mean, besides him being in a toilet all night. I mean, <laughs> obviously he was a very attractive kid. Um, loud, goofy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He was just fun, very light. I feel like everybody kind of says the same thing. Um, just a good spirit to have around, you know, good energy. So yeah. it was kind of easy to get along with. Yeah. I know... Um, at least I, I sort of first got acquainted with him, um, in 2016, it was my second year being a counselor. Okay. Um, so I, I was just, uh, just a little background. I was a camp kid. I went to camp since I was like seven. Um, All right. so in 2016, it was my second year being a counselor. So Jordan was one of my co-counselors. Um, and it was so funny watching him take care of young kids. Oh my God. Because <laughs> he was like pretty much a kid himself. Absolutely. <laughs> Leading the charge. Yeah. <laughs> so at least like I, I could totally see that 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 first impression is really valid. Yes. <laughs> and how, yeah, old he, the, how, how old were the kids that you, you and Jordan had to look after, Jaime? They were inters. It was it was oh. It was oh, they were like uh, young for eight years right? old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember you say that, like um, how he used to like, be a big kid and everything like that. When, of course, I was at camp in 2017. And of course, Jaime and me and you had the inters at this time. Uh, Jordan and Coach, and all, obviously Coach spoke about this on, on our, one of our previous episodes. They had the, the older kids. So they just muck about, play about all the time. And we'd have to deal with these little brats of kids trying to get them asleep and everything like that. They were next door, on the other hand, just sitting there chilling, minding their own business. They were loving life. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I remember, um, I think what one of my favorite stories is um, we actually went to a bowling night uh, with the little kids. And the counselors always like to play like a little game of high slaps low. <laughs> um, so it's like, Whoever scores the most points in bowling gets to slap whoever scores the least what? amount of points in bowling. <laughs> Why was that such a thing? I learned that the hard way. Trust that me. was incorporated into everything. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if you've ever gone bowling with Jordan, but I don't, I don't particularly think he's that good at it. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, so uh, I had the wonderful opportunity of taking a hand to his face. Wait, you won? Um, That's amazing. I did. You won I'm, bowling. Uh, <laughs> I'm good at some things. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, to be fair, I can't really complain because um, I, I, I feel for you because I, I had the exact same thing that happened to me. So I lost. And I think a Scottish lad, Ross, who won. And it didn't do it there and then. It was kind of built, they just built, built it up. For, so for a good two or three weeks. <laughs> He'd he just look at me and be like, I've got to slap you, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, like, it's not nice. And it was just building up. And then eventually, I think it was Matty O just ended up doing it. And it was literally like a light little tap around the face. That's all it was. All that for nothing, yeah. All that for nothing. I, I was so scared for so uh, long. It's the it's the anticipation that gets you, though. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the worst part. And what was it like when you, so you said you had to slap Jordan. Like, was it was it a proper good smack or? What oh, he, he, he took it like a champ. Of course. 100%. I, he liked to dish it, but he could take it to be fair. Oh, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know some people that could dish it and can't take it at all. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm a little bit of that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he, he, he's a, he was a good sport. <laughs> the question is though, how hard did you, you hit him? Cause I, I'm not being mean to you, mate, but I don't know if you've got the hardest slap in your locker. I, I, th- I recall it being pretty hard. I, I, I think I left a good mark for a while. Uh, okay. the, the, the kids were like, oh, like, what's that print on your face? And he was like, oh, it's nothing. <laughs> uh, slept on it wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, all things considered, um, I guess fast forward a little bit. What was sort of your like first instinct that was like i'm gonna date someone who doesn't live here or like i'm in college but let me just date someone who doesn't go here yeah um that took some convincing for sure because um so it wasn't until the second year that jordan came to visit um that we kind of started taking things a bit more seriously um he invited me to come visit him in the uk and we joked about it um and when he left i actually took him up on it and ended up flying out there um and I don't think either of us knew what to do about it. Um, to be fair, when he first presented it, I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like that's very long distance, you know? Um, but before I left, it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, I mean, it's cheesy, but when you know, you know. Um, yeah. And so it was kind of an easy decision. The long distance wasn't easy, but um, we definitely made it work. I'd say we saw each other every three to four months ish. So it wasn't wow. too that's, bad. That's still brilliant though. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, I have, so I have family over in Ireland. Um, so it's, it was kind of easy to be able to do. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, just made it work. Oh, that's Definitely great. harder than it, than it seems, but yeah. worth it for sure. So who would you say was, um, who would you say was interested first then? Like who kind of made the first move on each other or was it just kind of a mutual thing? Um, to be fair, I, okay, I will be fair. I'll give him that. It was definitely me. Um, <laughs> now, once that was made, then I would say it was more him. Um, okay. But the you initial, the seed the initial then... was definitely, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> you saw him more than I saw someone that I dated the state over from me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was really, I feel like, I mean, it was an excuse to go to another country and like right. take off work for like two, three weeks. Right. So I feel like it was a very easy decision. <laughs> right. Did you go to the, have you been to like the UK before you went over to see Jordan or? Um, I hate to be this guy. I really do. But I did not know where Wales was until I met Jordan. <laughs> um, that's super embarrassing to say considering my family's from Ireland. But um, so no, I had not been to, I'd flown through, I'd connected through London. Um, but I had never stepped foot on English soil really no, Um, or Welsh soil, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'd been to Ireland, so. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So then what, what was kind of your family's reaction when you brought home someone that was from that far away? So my like immediate family, um, they were definitely, um, weary about it before they'd met him um because i think the idea sounds crazy to anybody um <laughs> that being said my mom came over from ireland and so it was one of those things where it wasn't completely unusual right. but um like i said once they met him it was perfectly i mean once he just sold it with them and so um it was easy to be fair 
I, I, I could definitely see him having a good first impression with families. Well, actually, it's funny that you say that because the first time that he came, um, it was, they were supposed to, it was the year they were supposed to go to, is it Nicaragua, I think? Um, and a huge storm happened. So they ended up not going and they ended up coming to stay with me. And oh, it was wow. kind of accidental meeting my parents again before we were serious. And so it was him and Mitchell and Mitchell was talking my parents ears off and Jordan just did not say a word. And I was like, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? I guess he just was nervous because it took like two or three days to warm up, but right. Yeah. It's, it's nervous when you like someone and you can't really, you, you don't really know what to say. And to be fair, I hadn't entirely explained it to my parents either. I said they were my friends. And so it was like, this, like it was a super weird stage. Definitely. Yeah. But it went well. Yeah. Um, and then I guess vice versa, what was kind of your first impression of his family? Oh, I mean, they were great. They were incredible. And obviously they knew by then that I was coming. Um, his younger sister was amazing. Um, we bonded like instantly. So I was very comfortable with them. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. Very grateful for them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll say, I think, I think that's very much testament to uh, the character of what he's like knowing that he's got such a, a nice supportive family as well but it must have made you personally feel so comfortable being around him even more oh absolutely yeah and I feel like when you meet someone's family that person starts to make a little bit more sense you're like oh that's where you get oh, that yeah. from and you know that's where you get that from meeting his stepdad was hilarious because that's where he definitely gets his dad jokes from <laughs> yeah so what what's like the like quirkiest like thing about him that you're like oh okay that that makes sense now about paul or jordan 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 um his weirdly enough his facial expressions that sounds so weird <laughs> but like the facial expressions that he used to have were so weird and then i met his stepdad and his granddad and they make these funny faces that make the, they, they make the exact same faces. Even to this day, yeah. it reminds me of him, um, which is really cool to have. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say meeting all of them, his mom, his grandma, um, you can tell they're all, they all played a piece in the person he became. Right. Of course you, um, you eventually will become uh, official and it's obviously, it was tough to you know with the distance and everything. I'd say pop the question. I know it's not a marriage proposal, but who actually asked each other out first, like properly? It's like, you know what? Let's be official here. Was okay, it you I'm, again or was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't me this time, <laughs> but I'm going to sound, I'm, I'm going to sound so mean because the first time he did it, he caught me off guard and I was like, no, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, that doesn't make, I was also, I had, I had a bit to drink and I was like, that doesn't make sense. That won't work. Like I was in my head. I'm like, no, too long distance. Like it wouldn't work. And then the day, the next day we went for a walk and I was like, oh my God, I feel horrible. Like I take it back, but I don't know how to take it back. And so I guess then it was sort of me. It wasn't me asking. It was more of me telling, okay, I'm down. Um, but bless him. I, ugh, I felt so bad after. I was like, Why did you just say that? <laughs> I, I just did right. put him through it. I did put him through it to be fair. <laughs> you had him quaking in his boots. <laughs> yeah, that was not very nice. <laughs> I mean, at least he sort of asked in person. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, he was good about doing that, to be fair. Mm -hmm. So then I guess what was the like first goodbye like? Um, it was definitely weird. I feel like we didn't like leaving until we kind of knew when the next or had sort of started planning when the next time um, we were going to see each other. Um, and he actually ended up coming out 
So that first time I went out there was October and he came again in December for New Year's. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but it was hard because it was like this new exciting thing and you can't really fully enjoy it. You have to enjoy right. it in this weird way. Um, so it was definitely heartbreaking, but also exciting. Like the thought of, you know, the next time. Right. I think, then, that's the best, I think that's the best thing, isn't it? You know, you, you say there's the next time and really we all know that those goodbyes aren't always goodbyes. It's a see you later. So of course, when you do see each other again, you know, and I know you went on many travels together. Just tell us a bit about yeah. that, what places you went to together and what were your favorite ones? Ooh, I don't know. You know, I do think Australia was probably the favorite um, personally, just because we actually got to live it. It was um, a lifestyle we got to experience together. And it was also our first home together, um, which was a whole different experience. But um, we did a bit of traveling around the States before we went, which was cool. I mean, sightseeing, that kind of stuff. Um, definitely always a good time, but I do think we stopped in Thailand on the way. That was a cool experience. How was um, that? I was going to say Thailand. Must have been it was like, yeah, I mean, it was only Pictures like 13 from that hours. Trip awesome. Yeah, it was, it's crazy because it was only 13 hours and we were kind of like, what do we do? Well, the island's only like three hours long, I think. Um, and so we ended up, we had, we had these ideas, we had all these great ideas and we ended up just going to a resort and getting drunk and swimming. Um, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was a really, it was a really beautiful experience. He didn't so. pass out with the toilet again, did he? Or? No, 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 no. He held his own this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say probably Australia was the best. For sure. I mean, it's it, it's also somewhere that you guys are going new together. It's not like he's visiting your country or you're visiting his. It's sort of right. like you're you're there Everything making memories together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then I want to know how is it like actually living with him? Because you said you had your sort of first home. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're a guest at his or he's a guest yeah. at yours. It's like no, for you, sure. You have and to do the dishes and yeah, clean uh, the toilet. Share a bathroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The bathroom for me, that was, I remember when I was leaving, it was like a week before I was pick, supposed to pick him up from camp. And I just remember thinking, what if he's gross in the bathroom? Like he's always <laughs> been clean when I visit, but that's when I'm visiting. Like I'm like way cleaner when he visits too. And I was just like, oh my God. And I mean, it was, it was great to be fair. Um, he, we definitely got on each other's nerves about little things. Um, I think like anybody would, but um I mean, it was easy. It was fun. It was very light, you know. Um, he very much taught me how to enjoy life, every piece of it, and yeah. not hold on to sort of the negativity of pretty much anything. And so it made life a lot lighter and a lot easier, I have to right. say. I remember it was like, um, I don't know, he was the like ropes course person at camp. Yeah. And like, I, I was a camper and like I I was I never went to ropes course I was afraid of that. Oh, were you um, scared, Homo? Oh. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and to like, be fair, his mom's terrified of it too. <laughs> right? And like I, I I don't know like did he do that because he had experience or he was just like I'm just gonna do ropes course because yeah, I know no. like. To be fair, I I think Chip and I was actually I think the reason he was sort of drawn to it was because they offered the ropes course. So he worked at there was this thing in um, North Wales called Zip World. If you do ever visit North Wales, you should check it out. It's really cool. Um, he was a part of like the opening of it, and what they basically did was it was an old like mining cave, and so on the inside 
you're sort of attached to the wall um, with carabiners and you're going along the wall and then you zip line to the other side of the cave and then you zip line like down. And then on the outside, there were like four massive zip lining runs. And so he'd been working on that, um, I think for like two years before he, before he went to camp. So he had a good amount of experience with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. it is quite a random thing to just right? slap if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he taught me well and I, I, I learned to, <laughs> I, I learned to get rid of that fear a little bit. Him, so. <laughs> <laughs> like with that high ropes course, um, you walk past it every single day. You look up and you think, oh, it's, not too, it's not too high and everything. And you always see Jordan up there. You see all the campers Probably going upside across. down. Yeah, they're doing all sorts. <laughs> monkey, they're doing everything. Yeah. And you look up there, you think, oh, that's not, that's not that high. And I remember one day I had a day off. I thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, so up I went and everything. And next thing you know, I got up high and I was like, Oh fuck! This is tall. Yeah, you look down and yeah, this is high, I have to trust like, this rope. Yeah, and I was like, oh, "Is everything all right?" He's like, "Yeah, just just go, bro. just go, bro." And yeah, like like you said, I mean, just get over your fears with it. So I I want to know did did Jordan ever tell you some like crazy stories from camp or like like do like do you know any stories from camp or anything? I think, I, I think we shared a fair few on here. To be fair, of all yeah, sorts he's of stories. Yeah, definitely. I but, also um, I think Jordan's got a few more. Like oh, absolutely. You. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I heard the stories before I met people and then I would meet people <laughs> and they'd be like, you don't know me. And I'm like, I kind of yeah, do. I do. You know about <laughs> you. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes. Um, no, which was cool to be fair, because then when I meet people, I'd be like, like um, Harriet, the first time I met her, uh, she was telling me, I mean, this wasn't like that crazy of a story, but when she took a chunk of her shin out on the um, zip line, oh, did you not know that? Yeah, 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 she yeah. yeah, yeah. And like smashed her shin into the yeah. thing. And Jordan had to carry her up to the um, infirmary because she had a chunk missing. And the first time I saw her, she was like, I'm the girl that he carried to the infirmary. <laughs> and she like pulled her skirt up and showed me the wound. And I was like, sick. sick. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yes, it was great though. It's like you start, you start making nicknames for people like, yeah, oh, that's, yes. that's Shin Girl people. or like, that's, <laughs> that's, um, Gold for Loco guy or, yes. you know, Ginger that's, Man. that's yeah. Ginger Man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember, um, oh, I'll have to dig up the video and send it to you. There was, uh, in 2017, it was our last night and we were in, uh, Monticello. Oh. If you ever heard some <laughs> stories of Monticello yes. and it's kind of like, we had like a whole like motel. It was like on like Monticello row. So it was like kind of batshit. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> um, it was, it was like a beginner's Vegas strip. That, no, I, so I actually picked Jordan up from, from there one night and um, he was, I was like, yeah, I'm outside. He was like, come in. And I wasn't expecting it. And there was like, probably like 50 to 60 people outside. And I was like, oh, okay. And everyone was like already on the way to drunk. And I'm trying to like maneuver my way through. It was very interesting for sure. Oh, so, so, so you've, you've experienced a month. Like five minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah Those five minutes though, what did you think? I mean, it looked like a sesh. It looked awesome. You know, oh yeah. Could the like hotel have been a little nicer, obviously, but I mean, <laughs> you were, you worked with what you had. I, so. I, I, I think the whole point is that like it wasn't nice and you kind of yes. just had to like you get could. down and dirty because yes. like it, it 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 kind of fed to the like not caringness, you know. I was gonna say, yeah, absolutely. You get, you get to a point where you get so drunk in there, you're like, oh yep, I'm gonna sleep on a curtain pole tonight. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you're happy with it. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Fair. I, I just I just remember um it was me and Jordan and coach and Jack Huntington. It was it was a, a, a lot of people that were up on like the balcony. 
and it was full. Like you like couldn't walk or anything. And we were just hanging outside and me and me and Jordan chugged like most of a four loco. (laughs) And then, and then we were just like, like, like hooting, hollering, like all afternoon. Like we were just so happy to be done with work. A break. Yeah. And Oh, there's such a funny video that goes with it. I have to, I have to track it down. It's I, I remember where it reader. was. It, yeah, it was um, that California video you made. And so oh, that's, that's it's exactly in the beginning, right? Yeah. So we're all drinking yeah. on this balcony, and um, uh, I think because uh, Jaime was going to do the start of this video for the trip, so he had his GoPro, and he was like, "Yeah, we're in Monty, we're chilling, we're drinking." Is a typical American stuff as he does. And then out of nowhere, Jordan just grabs the camera, looks at it and goes, virgin, virgin. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He loved that. And he smashed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It is that time of the week. It is beer of the week. And this week, we obviously are talking about our good friend and loved one, Jordan Baker. So, of course, we want to sort of dedicate this beer of the week to him and we want to pour one out for him and tell some drinking stories. So uh, I'll start right in with Erin. What do you kind of have for you today? What are you drinking? What are you pouring out? So I went with the Evolution Lot 6 IPA. Okay. Um, I picked this beer because the first time I took Jordan out to some live music in my hometown, um, it was at this place called world of beer. And I ordered a beer cause I liked the name of it. And he got the same thing. Little did we know it was 8.5%. And so <laughs> later, it was very difficult to walk out. Um, yep. <laughs> but it was a great memory. I mean, the music was incredible. So I wanted to get this one. Love that. Mason, what do you have? Uh, well, myself, um, like I said, be, being brutally honest, I've not had too, too many, um, memorable actual physical beers with Jordan because whenever whenever I was with him we were already pissed (laughs) (laughs) so so in that case uh, I've just decided to um, go for one of my favorite personal beers and just dedicate it to him so I've gone for a super bock it's a Portuguese beer and I had it when I went on holiday in Portugal and of course I knew how much um, Jordan liked traveling so um, I thought having a beer from from some of my travels I'll dedicate that one to him so that's my beer of the week awesome I have, I have, um, so besides sort of orientation in 2016, when I met Jordan, I feel like the first time I actually got to know him was at, uh, this little pub called friends. Um, I don't know if Jordan ever told you about it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of fun nights at friends, uh, whether that was crazy nights or just hanging out on the patio and things like that. And, um, Pretty much the only beer that I would drink when I was at Friends is Sierra Nevada. Um, And that's pretty much just, I I remember just singing songs and hanging out on the patio and sitting in a circle and telling stories and things like that with Jordan and the whole crew. Um, So every time I drink Sierra Nevada, it makes me think of Friends. It was the first time that I ever even heard of Sierra Nevada, actually. Really? Um, Yeah, strangely enough. Yeah. Interesting. so uh this one's sort of dedicated to friends and dedicated to jordan um so yeah we should uh crack these open and cheers one out definitely absolutely not five a day it's my favorite sound it's, there's no better sound <laughs> at right? all he's the best <laughs> 
All right, guys. Um, this one's to Jordan. Hopefully, he's drinking many up there. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers brother. <sighs> Lovely. It just this tastes like... It's like 8.5%. <laughs> it really tricks you. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So, how's yours, Mason? It's good. I think Jordan would probably be disappointed in me for not actually chugging it or down on it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy it, but um, I might I might chug another one later. It depends how we feel. <laughs> See how the night goes. <laughs> exactly I that. Mean, I'm, I'm just glad it's not 8.5%. Yeah, yeah. Way. I was going to say, I won't be joining you in that. <laughs> so, if Aaron, if you had to give this beer a rating, what would you give it? Out of Ooh. 10. So it's a little bit warm at the minute, Ooh. but um, I would probably go 8.5. It's definitely up there wow. for me. So Maybe, a yeah, score to go along with the percent. Oh, facts. <laughs> I can't even think about that. <laughs> okay, I swear I didn't. I did not even think about that. That's bad. I was like, not quite an eight, maybe a little bit, not a nine. That's hilarious. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> Mason, what, what about you? What would you score no, yours? We'll, we'll go snap. We'll go 8.5 as well. I'll go three of a kind and give the Sierra Nevada an 8.5. There we go. Here's to yeah. that. Welcome back to the Shelter Island podcast. And we're speaking to the lovely Erin Jacinta on our 10th episode, our landmark 10th episode. And for this episode, we wanted to dedicate this to someone special. And that was someone special is our close friend, Jordan Baker, who has unfortunately passed away. Uh, we're going to go straight to you, Erin. And if you don't mind for us, could you please just talk us all the way back to, you know, the day it happened, uh, what was happening and um, how did it come about? Um, yeah, so um, started out as a night out. Uh, we all went out drinking, as you do. Um it was surprisingly a great night. We went out in a city that Jordan and I didn't really care for, um, Surface Paradise in the Gold Coast. Um, and it got late. And so I headed home with um, one of the other girls and kind of let the lads do their thing. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another. And I think sometimes people think, especially after a drink, that, you know, you're invincible and there aren't always consequences that come with actions. Um, especially when, you know, you've done potentially more dangerous things. You don't really think, um, of the severity of an outcome and, um, yeah, one thing led to another and Jordan fell and, you know, we all know where that ended up. Um, I got a phone call to come down to the hospital and got the news broken to me there. Um, and so, you know, I went to Australia with Jordan and our entire journey there was together. We had become one unit. And um, so to find out that a piece of your unit was no longer there, um, it was sort of immediately into fight or flight mode. And um, you know, my family, my mom immediately came to me. Um, I had Mitchell there with me. Um, it was, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it's a lot for anybody to go through. It's um, nothing that I would ever wish on anybody and something I wish I could take back. You know, I spend every day feeling like that, but 
life happens and you can't control it. You have to just deal with it. And so I feel like that is sort of the mentality I went into. Um, and it was trying to arrange to get him home to his family, um, which all happened very quickly. Um, but at the same time, very slowly, it was the longest and the shortest two weeks of my entire life. Um, it was, I was in one of the most beautiful places in the world and I couldn't appreciate any of it anymore. Um, but at the same time in this weird way, um, it felt like him, if that makes any sort of sense. Um, yeah. we had created, like I said, a home in Burley heads. Um, it was beautiful. It was, I feel like, I feel like we went over there with a dream and, or an idea of what we wanted for ourselves. And the road was definitely bumpy in the beginning. Um, we had some interesting experience, um, on a farm, which was really cool. Um, and just traveling a bit, but finally settling there. Um, that was different. That was ours and it was beautiful. And I feel like when people ask, weirdly enough about like if you have a happy place or a place that you go to um that makes you feel safe my memories of there are definitely that you know mm -hmm. um it was a beautiful lifestyle it was an easy lifestyle and um so when everything had happened um it did still feel like he was there with me um I'm the type of person that, um, you know, regardless of what you believe, I don't believe anybody's ever completely gone. Um, and I did feel like he was with me. Um, it just wasn't in the way that I wanted. I think it's incredible Aaron, the way you're, you know, you're speaking back about the old memories that you've had with Jordan and, and, you know, the process of grief and moving on and the fact that even though it's it happened at that location, you can still look back on that area and, and fond memories of that. Um, just describe to me, what was it like when you got that phone call? I was going to bed when um, somebody else gave me the news, not even gave me the news. Um, you know, I was texting Jordan and we had said goodnight. You know, I had said the classic make it home safe. Um, and so for me, he was okay because he was responding to my text messages. Um, and by the time I'd gotten in bed, I didn't realize how much time had passed. Um, and so, um, a friend came in the room and explained that we had to go somewhere that something had happened to Jordan. And I, you know, I think I was in denial. Um, I just, I kept saying, no, no, like he's texting me. And then I looked and I saw how far the text messages were. So I called him. He didn't answer. I tracked him because we, me, him and Mitchell were tracking each other when we first started to go to Australia. Um, and he was where I had left him. And so I was in denial. I was in absolute denial. It was fine. Um, and the more I kept denying it and hearing myself deny it, the more I started to panic. Um, and then eventually the hospital called me and said that I needed to come down to the hospital. Um, because in Australia, when you are in a relationship with somebody for more than 12 months, you are technically their um, next of kin. And um, so I was called for all of that. And um, I called an Uber. And when I was waiting for the Uber, Uber, it, um, it had set in, I don't know how to explain it, but 
it's like I could feel it in my bones that my person wasn't there anymore. Um, and when I got to the hospital, no one knew I kept saying his name. No one knew what I was talking about, um, which really scared me. And then again, no one said anything. Everybody was just looking at me the way they were looking at me. And I knew, um, it was horrendous. Um, my immediate thought was his family. My immediate thought was his mother, um, that I needed to call her and speak to her. And I picked the phone up, I think 10 times and hung up every single time. Um, I had to call his sister. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it's as bad as you probably could ever imagine, you know, um, probably worse than what you would imagine. I've only really heard the story from people through people through people. Um, so I, I, I could only imagine what it would have been like actually being there. Um, yeah. yeah I um, I, I think I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I understand why, you know, everyone's, um, first reaction I think is to wonder how or why, mm -hmm. what right. happened. Um, it was, I have to say, it was hard to hear some of the, I wouldn't say rumors, but some of the things, the telephone stuff that was going on, um, people assuming things, um, and also the way that people would talk about it. It was, yeah, it was extremely difficult to hear. I mean, people, I think some people spoke about it in a way like they don't make those same mistakes too. And, um, it was just really interesting to have to hear because when you had to live it, it was, um, it's an entirely different story. I don't think anybody knows what they would do in those situations. Um, so did, um, did you have sort of the friend support? I know Mitch was there and Declan was there and your roommates were there and things like that. Um, did you like, I, were you all supporting each other or was it sort of, everyone was sort of feeling the same way? You know, it was interesting because so a lot of the people that were there, I had only just met less than a month ago. Um, it was good in a way. This is going to sound weird, but it was like having people there that they knew who I was, but they didn't truly know me. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think it was a good thing because they were, they were very supportive and they were there for me, but they also gave me my space because I think that they, you know, obviously don't know what to do. I don't think anybody would know what to do, but um but I think it almost helped in a weird way, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Mitchell being there was massive for me. Um, Mitchell and I had established um, our own friendship. It wasn't just, um, you know, my boyfriend's best friend. It was like, it had become like Mitchell was becoming one of my very good friends and um, I felt very comfortable with him. And so to have him there was, um, was huge for sure. Oh, his sister also was in Australia at the time with me. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but um, Jordan and I had gone home to visit his family for their grandparents' um, anniversary. And we, within a week or two, had convinced his little sister to quit her job, sell her car, <laughs> get her passport, and fly to Australia with us. Wow. Um, keep in mind, she had only flown on a flight that was two hours long and she was terrified of them, like absolutely terrified. Um, so it was, it was a massive growth period for her. Um, and it was a really cool experience because I got to bond with her for, um, about a month or two before, you know, she kind of went her separate way. 
um, to work in Australia. And so obviously when everything happens, um, I called her, she was about six hours North of the gold coast, um, and immediately got a ride down to, uh, to me. Um, and again, I think that was massively important because don't get me wrong. Like we were grieving very different relationships. We were grieving very different, um, people in our lives, but at the same time we were both grieving Jordan and, um, I don't think either of us being this young knew what to do with it. Um, and I just, I don't know. It was, I, I don't know what it would have been like if I didn't have her, um, to be fair. Like you said, you, it's so good to have that support around you. And I think of course it's definitely important to, to be given that space because, you know, you know, grieving is a process that everyone deals with differently. It is, it's a tough thing to do. And you, you obviously had to tell you know, Jordan's parents and, get in contact with them. Um, okay, what was that like? Because it's that situation which you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. You couldn't mm-hmm. imagine it happening to yourself. So okay, again, the fact that you're still speaking so bravely about everything, it's, it's just incredible. But what was it like having to tell uh, a family that you, you know you, you've become so close with to tell them that Jordan's passed? It was horrible. I mean, it was horrible that I had to do it over the phone. That's the last way I would ever want to deliver that kind of news. Um, it was also really weird timing because it was about, I think three or four in the morning in Australia. So I'm not sure what, what time that was in the UK, but, um, I actually did not deliver the news to his mother. Um, I regret that, but, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't form the words. Um, when she answered the phone and I heard her voice, I kind of slipped into a panic attack and, um, the nurse ended up having to take it and explain it to her. And she asked questions that nobody had the answers to. And she wanted information that I didn't have, um, to give her, or again, you know, you want to find reason. Um, you want to be able to explain, why the outcome has happened, but you just can't. Um, what was done was done and there was no one doing it. I feel like my approach to dealing with this is sort of, I wanted to take it from the same approach that, you know, loving him. Um, he, he had a love for life. Like I had never seen before. Um, he showed me how to appreciate things in life that I, it's not that I never thought I'd appreciate, but Um, I didn't take the time to, and, um, I think knowing that it felt dishonorable in a way to, to let me falling apart, um, or his family falling apart, sort of be his legacy. That was not what anybody, any of us wanted for him. Um, I think it was a follow his example sort of mentality. Um, that being said, I think with great love comes great loss. Um, people are not joking when they say that, um, you know, there's a lot to lose because there is a lot that you lose. That being said, I don't regret any second. Um, I would do it all over again. And, um, I think in the beginning you think, you know, what you're experiencing. Um, I think you have this idea of what it might be like, 
And then you have this feeling inside of you that you can't explain. You have things going through your mind that you don't understand. You start thinking about things you've never thought about before. Um, you wonder about things. I think you go searching for, for again, answers. Um, and like you said, it's, um, it's a lot of ups and downs, you know, um, I think there's days where you think you're learning and then there's days where you feel like you're back at square one. Um, I think every day presents completely different battles, um, or beauties, um, but one thing I will say is, and this is for me, you know, I've spoken to other people who are grieving and, um, they feel differently about it, um, which is totally fair. Everyone's experience is completely unique, but, um, I don't think there's beauty without pain anymore. Um, so even the good times, you know, are laced with a little bit of pain because he's not there to share in them. Um, and getting to that point was really difficult like you know it in your head and you can understand it but actually accepting it is a completely different thing um I think in the beginning it's very raw and numb um it's weird you know the connection that your mind the control really that your mind has um I found myself forgetting memories I thought I'd lost them I found myself forgetting big things, trying to force myself to think about like the memories and get them back. And you just can't, um, dreaming stopped for a while. I mean, it was, it's, I felt like I was going insane. If we're honest. Um, I think the emotional roller coaster that you're on makes you wonder if this is what insanity is like. Um, it was a lot of, it's like 50 different things coming at you a day that you have to think about and process all at the same time. And it's a lot, um, which is why I think people, you know, aren't completely there, especially in the first months, years. Um, I'd have people speaking to me and I could see their mouths moving and I knew something was coming out, but I couldn't hear and I wasn't listening and I didn't care. Um, not because I didn't care about them, but because this hole had taken up so much space that I couldn't see anything else. I couldn't feel anything else. Um, which I would still say to an extent is true today. Um, right. And I, I, I think that you said it probably the most beautifully that I've ever heard anybody say it before. Um, and especially just how you said that, um, you want to sort of take it as he would live life and sort of reflect on that. And even, um, I know that I had seen pictures of his family when you guys, I, I don't know if you were there, but when they did that ceremony where they all wear the Hawaiian shirts. Um, and I, I thought that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was his service to be fair. Um, mm -hmm. We, I think people are shifting into this sort of perspective in today's day and age. I don't think people like doing the whole black. I think it's incredibly right. depressing. And I think, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jordan looks great in black, but it wasn't his, <laughs> like he didn't, you know, he didn't love black. He loved colors. He liked right. like, I don't want to say sunshine because that sounds cheesy, but like, but it's, but it's like, true. Yeah, when I think <laughs> yeah. of literally when I think of him, like, yeah, I think of light. And so it was like, we, we kind of 
he had this Hawaiian shirt that he found in a thrift store in, um, I think on our travels and he brought it to Australia and he lived in it every night we'd go out, he was in it. Um, (laughs) and so it kind of just made sense. Um, and it was a really beautiful thing, I think, to see everybody participate in it. Um, the lays and everything, it, it helped make it a little bit lighter. Right. So how, how is sort of his family, have they been sort of a support system for you or vice versa? I, yeah, absolutely. I consider them family. Um, I feel very blessed to have the relationships that I do with them um, because, you know, in a lot of ways, like I could be triggering to them. um, And I'm just very, very fortunate that I'm, you know, still welcome in their home and still, you know, they treat me like a daughter and being around them, you know, like I said, Jordan got so many of his traits from them and whether it's things Alicia, his sister says, or the jokes that his stepdad, Paul pulls, or, you know, just hearing how strong of a woman his mom is, it makes sense, you know, how incredible he was. Um, The project that you and his family have done since he passed and the tribute page and things like that. Um, So if you want to, I guess, Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us how it started. What, whose sort of idea was it to start a page for him and sort of how that's helped you and others sort of cope? Yeah. So, um, I always hiked with Jordan when I was out there and, um, his stepdad always wanted to join us. And so we talked about starting to go for some hikes and, um, Jordan really loved this one mountain in Wales connect. Um, he took me up almost every time I'd visit and, we all one day talked about like going and leaving some sort of plaque like up there, but we ran into, there were like laws around the fact that you're not allowed to do that, which is totally fair. And so we just kept thinking, well, what else can we do? What else can we do? And, um, there's a beach in North Wales that his mom, um, walks on and we walked on nearly every day. Um, it just brings comfort. I think the ocean reminds us of him because he liked to surf. Um, and so it was a very peaceful place for us. And it was partially sand and partially covered in these like really cool colored rocks. And we started collecting them because his mom wanted them for her garden. Um, and, you know, I kind of made a comment to her about how it'd be cool to take one up to the top of a mountain and then we could just leave that up there. Um, and so the idea sort of formed of, okay, we'll do that. We'll all write on a rock and bring it up and just leave, bury it somewhere or leave it somewhere that we can come back and try to find it. Um, but also just like for us sort of thing. Um, and when we started to do it, um, it felt like what I imagine people get when they visit a grave, but not in that way. I think when people visit a grave, you want to visit the person, you want to think of them, you want to speak to them, you want to honor them, um, maybe even spend time with them. Um, and it didn't feel right with Jordan. You know, he was too young. Um, he also hated the idea of staying in one place for far too long. You know, he <laughs> loved Wales, but it wasn't somewhere that he saw himself for the rest of his life. And so, um, a graveyard did not seem fitting at all. And so that being said, we wanted people to have a way to honor him in that way, but in a lighter, more beautiful way. Um, and so the idea sort of came from, it started with mountains and it was, if you ever find yourself on one and you, you know, you're thinking of him, leave something for him. Um, 
And then it was like, well, why just mountains? Why not a beach? Why not even a pub? Literally anywhere that would remind you of him or your memories with him or something you think he'd appreciate, whatever it might be, Um, which I think was a really cool idea for his family as well to be able to see, because obviously he had his friends in North Wales, which they knew and were very involved with. But when Jordan went on his travels, they, his family didn't really get to meet a lot of the friends he'd made internationally. And so to be able to see that, I think was something they needed in a way, um, or that I wanted to be able to like show them. I think right. that Instagram page is very much, uh, just a celebration of what Jordan was to so many people the fact of how many people sent these things in and whenever they're on their travels, they're always reminded of him, you know, yeah. he loved living life to the full. He loved traveling different places. How many, how many photos are there by the way? Cause there must be. So <laughs> one, I think this past year, um, I find myself getting a little bit more and more speechless. Um, I think as time goes on, there's only so much you can say in a different way um, that, you know, when this last anniversary came up, i I wanted to celebrate him, but I also didn't know like what to say. And so I just started reposting all of the, the ones that people had done. And the more I was doing it, the more I was like, Oh my God, I was like, I don't actually know how many like of their, and (laughs) that being said, there's also a lot that like either hasn't gotten posted yet, got lost somewhere in translation. So there's like way more, some people I've gotten texts, like I left one here, but I forgot to take a photo, which is like still so cool to like, it's not about the photo. It's about knowing that people are leaving or taking, you know, taking him with them on their travels and leaving a piece of them, him there. Yeah, I completely agree. You say as how um, people remember him and you've been fantastic to talk to you today. And we fought long and hard about this and because it is the 10th episode and like you say, for the, for the memories, the reason why we've done this podcast with you for our 10th episode is we want to share the memories of Jordan. Uh, we want to catch up with you, let his leg- legacy live on. And um, I've got, well, me and Jaimo, I've got a little surprise for you, okay? Okay. We, we, we've done you a little something. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> just a little way of um, kind of showing how many people care for him, so. Jordan was such a great guy. Just to say, I hope you're keeping well and hopefully whenever the world's right, we're able to travel again, just as he would have loved and wanted. We'll be able to meet up and have a beer and laugh and cry and have a joke over all of those memories. Hope you're keeping well. I miss Jordy's contagious smile and being with him because whenever you were with him, he had everyone smiling. Be well, stay safe. Love you, Jordy. Miss you thinking of you. Uh, never forget how Jordan was always smiling at camp. His smile was just super infectious and it was just amazing But in his company brought everyone's morale up to feel like shit. Jordy, wherever you are, you know, just want to know I still miss you, man. I'll always remember the great times we had at camp together. Hey, it's Natalie. Miss you lots, friend. Hope you're keeping the adventure going. Always thinking about you. Always thinking about Jordan. You'll always be with me forever. Um, you know if you ever need anything. You know, you know what kind of person Jordan was. Um, yeah, and I just kind of... And I miss you both. I miss Jordan. I miss you. I miss camp. And he was one of the best people I've ever met. His energy was infectious. And I knew nobody, and he welcomed me with open arms, even though he'd already been there for summers. I hope he's still up, traveling somewhere, and just killing it wherever he is now. Gone too soon. I miss you, buddy. Love you. Jordan and I were bunkmates in Bunk 10A. 
and famously uh, got fired together. Um, <laughs> but we had such an amazing time and missed him incredibly dearly. Um, yeah, love to you guys and take care of yourself. Well, there you go. <laughs> That was awesome, guys. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I didn't need to make you cry or anything. That's but. okay. <laughs> it's bound to there happen was, at some point. <laughs> there was actually um, one that um, I got just now. Um, that uh, it was from Mitch, actually. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't he didn't send he couldn't send a video today. Um, but he he wanted me to read like a little paragraph. Um, so it says. Uh, you could try and envision it in a Mitch voice. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm Let's get an accent yeah. going, Josh. <laughs> I'm, I can't do accents for shit. Mason knows that. <laughs> but um, he says, "Hey guys, uh, love what you're doing here, and I hope you keep it going." Jord would love it too, no doubt. To Aaron, one of the strongest people I know. You know I love you, and I remember to this day so clearly getting on the bus leaving Virginia two days after meeting you. Jordan just knew he loved you right away and couldn't help but relentlessly tell me throughout the next 12 hours on that bus. But that man knew you were right for him. And I've never seen two people fit together so well and accept so easily that they had a third wheel like me, whether they liked it or not. Much love. And he put this emoji. (laughs) Third wheel ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. that was really nice guys yeah so obviously we just wanted to <laughs> thank you for coming on with us and just we want to put something together for you um because obviously you've only met so many people from camp um but there's so many others that have sort of been affected by him and um he truly does have a legacy i have to say absolutely um, i agree <laughs> One thing we always do at the end of our podcast, Erin, is put people on the spot and ask our guests for a little quote of the week. And uh, what you've spoke absolutely fantastic today. Like Kaimo said, it's so lovely catching up with you and having you on and sharing the great memories of Jordan and hearing how you're doing as well. So uh, just before we finish up, um, is there any quote of the week or anything that you live by that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I wanted to go with the quote that we put on Jordan's sticker. Um, it's a little bit of a altered one but um it's every man live or every man dies <clears throat> but not every man really lives and i think that that was representative of jordan because i think that um you know like i said i've met so many people who i don't think necessarily even know how to appreciate life to its fullest um and he he did and like you guys said he showed everybody he met how to do that so i think he really did live you know leave you with that <laughs> I don't think there's any other better way of ending that. So that was the 10th episode of the Shelter Island podcast and an absolutely amazing way of um, closing it there. Erin, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege talking to you. Um, Any final words before we go? No, guys, I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate, you know, you wanting to remember Jordan and, um, you know, it's been an honor. I'm very grateful to have spoken to you both. Hi there, any last words? Uh, again just thank you for coming on with us thank you for everyone for sticking with us and our annoying voices for 10 years <laughs> it, <laughs> it <laughs> will, uh, won't be the last you'll hear of us um, so just keep on keep on listening keep on traveling cheers guys <laughs> <laughs>